Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with your host, executive editor of Newsbusters, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome as we consider the Biden administration's reaction to persistently high inflation. Hey, why don't we bring in an old baby boomer folk pop singer to soothe everyone's nerves? Yes, James Taylor was the entertainment for some sort of celebration of the so-called Inflation Reduction Act at the White House. I, I just had to like this. Twitchy pulled out this tweet from an account called Aldous Huxley's Ghost. The tweet, James Taylor singing a song that reflects on the suicide of a close friend, his band's failure, and his own drug addiction really ties this celebration in with the thousand-point stock market drop today. <laughs> yes, the song was... Fire and Rain, big, big hit way back when, when I was young. In case you missed it, this is not the first time the Democrats have dragged out James Taylor to awkwardly defend themselves. In early 2015, uh, in the days following the terrorist attack in Paris on the offices of Charlie Hebdo and a kosher grocery store, uh, a murderous terrorist attack by Islamists, the Obama White House drew anger from the French for not dispatching a high-level official to join a solidarity march in Paris. More than 40 world leaders joined then-French President Francois Hollande for the event, but the U.S. only sent along its own ambassador already based in Paris. This was a diplomatic problem. So, Foreign Policy Magazine reported Secretary of State John Kerry, a notorious Francophile and classical guitar player, appeared at the Paris City Hall alongside James Taylor, who delivered a rendition of You've Got a Friend. <laughs> Prior to traveling to Paris, Kerry had said he hoped to give the French people a big hug. Now I guess with Biden it would be a big sniff. Anyway, since we're on a cultural roll, it's a good time to chat with Tieran Rose Mandelberg of MRC Culture. That's a new role since she came over from the, the Censor Track team at Free Speech America. Welcome, TR. Thank you. Glad to be here. And I have to ask, I usually do this generation gap with you. James Taylor, does this ring a bell with you at all? Uh, I mean, maybe yes, yeah, since I work here, but uh, I mean, before this job, probably no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean... Uh, we love James Taylor. My wife and I saw James Taylor in concert, and that but that would have been in the mid-80s. He was still a thing then. I mean, I, I think it's now been, I think we're 20 years past being a thing. But, yeah. But, I mean, I like Elvis. That was back then. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you have to be super huge, and they have to make movies about you. And yeah. You have, you, maybe you have to die of a drug overdose on a toilet. But it's, yeah, James Taylor just hasn't, Hasn't had that resonance. Well, as long as we're talking about culturally awkward things, let's just start with Hillary Clinton. She has this new gutsy series on Apple TV with her daughter, Chelsea. And it's kind of amazing. Queen Elizabeth and Margaret Thatcher weren't gutsy enough to make the cut. But you had written about the rapper Megan Thee Stallion. And we have a clip here of Hillary awkwardly asking her about her rap duet with Cardi B titled WAP. Listen to this. Chelsea follows rap music. She has ever since she was a little girl. But I kind of came to awareness of you with the Cardi B WAP. Wars in this house, 
I've always wanted to do a song with Cardi. As soon as she sent me the song, I think I sent it back to her like the next day. And it was just so exciting. The men, they seem so confident in what they're saying and they don't have no problem with talking about their sexuality and how they're going to have sex with you. So I was like, well, <laughs> I could do that and it's going to sound fire coming from a woman. It's great to see women be so kind of fierce. That is my life's mission, <laughs> to make sure that I'm always unapologetically me. Now, TR, you had some fun writing about this. Uh, I think it was. The only thing this interview inspired me to do was wash my eyes and ears with bleach and go to church. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Yesterday when uh, my my supervisor, a male, asked me, he said, I think you should write this, not me, because <laughs> I don't feel comfortable. And I said, I think that I should get workman's comp after having to watch this um, and some of the things we have to do over at Culture. But, you know, we do it so that normal people don't have to. But this is pretty disgusting. Yeah. Basically, Megan Thee Stallion is a vile human being, in my opinion, and should be everybody's, everybody's opinion. But uh, she danced this song called WAP, which stands for wet a-s-s-p-u-s-s-y and i'm not saying those words but basically she danced to those songs and sang it with cardi b and hillary was just boasting and praising about the song and she said wow yeah that's how you came you know how i came to know who you were and chelsea her daughter first of all let me say i don't think i would ever want to sit with my mother and talk about somebody's <laughs> whap ever and my mom, she's had a lot of daughters, but I don't, I don't think that she would ever want to hear me talk about that. Um, but Chelsea Clinton, next to her mother, called the song "Fierce," being being fierce. And I'm saying to myself, what does screaming in your thong with your booty cheeks hanging out, talking about what I said in my piece was leaky lower bits? <laughs> what does that have to do with being fierce? Like. And I looked up the de definition, and it had nothing to do with any thongs or booties or shaking. Well, I just think it's funny because uh, it, it seems to me that they were like, "Well, we need some we need some cultural figures in here." And I know they've promised they're going to have on Amy Schumer, and they're going to have on Wanda Sykes, and uh, you know, here's Megan The Stallion, and and my boy Ben's like, yeah, this is hot sauce two point, hot sauce in my purse 2.0. I'm so in touch with the black people. Uh, but, you know, it's just the whole idea that I think we should ask the question, is this, is it gutsy to rap about sex like male rappers? Is that advancing women? I, I would argue, no. Yeah, honestly, as a woman, uh, this is embarrassing. Like, I, I, I don't want Megan Thee Stallion to be my influential figure. I don't want to look, I don't want her to be my role model. When I have kids, I don't want them to be using her as their role model. This, she should not be presented and pro promoted by none, none other than a former first lady. Like, that's just gross. Yeah, it's just, sometimes the feminists wonder, they're like, why, why don't women identify with feminism? Because, yeah, women, think this is gross they yeah. think it's gross when men talk this way well this is what we have for feminism this yeah. is our best example of feminism if that's it then people say ah, no. i don't want it yep i don't want it <laughs> margaret thatcher not a feminist but this apparently is all right dancing with the stars i have to confess i have seen every episode because mrs graham loves the show although now we've been hate watching it under tyra banks 
because she tries to make the show all about her. Yeah. Uh, which is annoying, but we're still watching it. But yeah, it's now at a point where they're putting it on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of jumped the shark, as they say. But anyway, last season they tried to make it all progressive by having JoJo Siwa dance with a female partner. This year they're touting male on male, except the male is a drag queen. <laughs> is it Shangela? I think so. Who performed as a singer on RuPaul's Drag Race. I think that was on VH1. So she will be paired with professional dancer Gleb Savchenko, who I believe's never won the show. Uh, you know, some of these dancers, they're just brought on to dance with people. And it's like, yeah, you'll be on the show for three weeks. Yep. I hope that's the case. Yeah, you said, <laughs> I certainly hope he'll be in ball gowns and not miniskirts. You did not take the opportunity to say he puts the balls in ball gowns. Oh, my gosh. Can I, can I add an editor's note and stick that in there? <laughs> people Magazine says the 40-year-old DJ Pierce opened up about becoming the dancing competition's first ever all-male pair. We're changing the world, and I love it, said Gleb Savchenko. You know, again, this is something apparently the world needs. That's, it's just, I don't know why gender and this progressivism has to be pushed into everything. Like, I come from a dance background. I love Dancing with the Stars. Loved, past tense. Like, last season, I was like, why does this propaganda have to be shoved in my face i can't just enjoy the dancing i thought this was i mean i get it they need to have a storyline and the dramatics of it you know makes it interesting and entertaining but i feel like that could easily be done without showing this man dancing with another man like why is that necessary never mind as i said from a dance background men can lift the ladies that's what they're there for when the girls and you know when jojo siwa danced um i think it was with that Jenna girl. Yeah, who's about 68 pounds. Exactly. They can't do all of the cool lifts and turns and things like that. And now we've got two guys, so I'm wondering... <laughs> is he going to lift, Is are they quote unquote, each other? her? Yeah, they, them, it, it, they, them, whatever. I'm just... The mechanics of it, first of all, doesn't work. Never mind, like, my Christian conservative self is like, what is happening? You were a ballerina. That's right. You were a tiny dancer. <laughs> God, this is a podcast. They can't see how short I am. I don't. This, once again, is an Elton John song that you probably don't know. I know. I know. Okay, Okay, good. We're just checking. I do have parents. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yes. Speaking of why do they have to do that, there's Peppa Pig, which is a cartoon for, I mean, basically preschoolers. Yeah. Or three to seven. And, you know... Obviously, this is sort of post my kids, since my kids are in their 20s and 30s. I We didn't have the kids on Peppa Pig. But is this a big deal? Yes. Uh, on December 31st, 2019, Hasbro acquired Entertainment One, including the Peppa Pig franchise, for $3.8 billion. So it's kind of a deal. Huge deal. Yeah. Peppa Pig, uh, all my nieces and nephews watch it. And there's become this phenomenon where kids will watch it and then come out with British accents because Peppa mm-hmm. is British. So they'll be like, Mommy, can I have some water? And so my nieces, for example, will come and ask and they'll say water instead of water. So it's obviously, you know, having an influence, having an influence on these kids. And now Peppa Pig 
has introduced a gay, you know, a lesbian family. So there's this Penny the Polar Bear, and she's got, <laughs> she goes, oh, I'm Penny the Polar Bear, and I have two mummies. And then talks about what the mummies do and whatnot. And one's, a mu- one's a doctor, one mummy cooks spaghetti. Yes, like, but then they they supposedly did this so that kids with gay parents can feel included. But I'm like, they're three years old. They literally don't even know how to tie their shoes. They can't, they can't read. They can barely do anything. Some of them might still be in diapers. So, you know, you think, why do we have to push this down our literal babies? Phases. And the answer is, of course, as you noted, BBC reported the addition of a gay family was included amidst a petition created on a U.S. based website demanding the gay family's inclusion. The petition reportedly gained nearly 24,000 signatures. The petition creators wanted to reach kids because they're, quote, at an impressionable age, unquote. Yeah, exactly. We're back to don't say gay in Florida. This is the whole thing fight we're having right. which is they absolutely insist no 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 no. we can't wait till they're eight or nine eight or nine's too old yeah you have to start when they're three exactly and like the same thing with goes with schools you know they're pushing all these gender books and trans ideologies and things like that down kindergartners throats because they know that they're the most impressionable once they get older they think for themselves a little bit more but if you start them young then you can indoctrinate them at a young age and it's easier to get whatever progressive point you have across this is and this i think is an enormous fight and you know the irony is always it's a culture war when conservatives object to it it's not a culture war Mm -hmm. when they push it Mm -hmm. on the left it's a culture war when somebody objects right uh but the uh it, the interesting note I also discovered was Peppa Pig at the beginning, in the first couple of years um, in America, they dubbed American voices over it, if you can imagine. Wow. You know, so obviously they were wrong to do that because the kids love the British accent. Right. Uh, all right. And then uh, TikTok, which is kind of your former uh, job over in Free Speech America, but... You know, TikTok, again, very popular with young people around the globe. Communist China is loving it since they run TikTok. Um, They've reported videos aimed at migrants are making their way across social media. One shows a user telling Venezuelans they can migrate to the U.S. without getting a visa. That's not correct. (laughs) You know, even the immigration advocates are unhappy with these videos. Um, I guess the question, I mean, this is your Free Speech America question. Are are they going to take these down? Well, Tim, they're actually promoting them. They're letting them spread on what's called the For You page, which is basically just the aggregated popular videos that might seem interesting to a specific user. So instead of suppressing these, which TikTok does with most all conservative speech, TikTok's promoting them. So it's getting millions of views. This video where this guy's like, come on over, you know, you don't need a visa, just just walk on over. Or a video of a guy showing a part of the um, wall that's broken down a little bit, a little spot for people to sneak through. Or people, there's one video where a migrant is beating up some patrol agents. And, you know, they're all encouraging people, hey, just sneak in or get over this way. Do this illegally. And TikTok is saying, okay, sure, that that can spread. We don't care if 
We want this to spread. Well, yeah, this is where you go back and say, yes, communist China loves the idea exactly. of a destabilized United States. Right. Nobody's trying to break into communist China. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> trying to get out. Right. Let me just turn to the Emmys. I know you didn't write about this, but the culture page did. Uh, they had less than 6 million viewers. Uh, they were on NBC. They weren't on some FXX. Monday Night Football, by comparison, had 19.8 million viewers. And I don't know why uh, the Emmys are on a Monday night when it's week one of the NFL season, if they wanted this show to have any ratings. But, you know, maybe they thought it was counter-programming. Because, yes, again, Mrs. Graham will watch the red carpet. She got very annoyed, though, by the way. I don't know if you saw this. On E!, it was co-hosted by Laverne Cox. Oh, wow. Laverne Cox. Did she turn it off? No, but she she was basically, I think she probably put the sound down. I yeah. mean, it was, it was awkward. And it, she had on this, she had on this weird outfit with the big hips. Tyra wears these, like with the big fake like uh, metal hips on the side. So she looks about three feet across because that's, I guess, the fashionable thing. But yeah, it, it, again, they have to impose it on you everywhere. Yeah. But I think, I think also one of the reasons why the Emmys aren't popular is because you watch these shows and you're like, what on earth is Yellow Jackets? You know, the what on earth is White Lotus? I mean, these are on HBO and Showtime. Sometimes yeah. they're more obscure than that. But the people winning the Emmys and all the people being nominated are like, I didn't see that. If yeah. I, It's not on ABC, CBS, NBC. It's not even on Fox. It's not on the CW. These, they, they, they're all streamers. Yep. You know, they're on Netflix. And I mean, a lot of people have Netflix, but still. It's like it's the same reason people don't watch the Oscars. It's like nobody's seen the movies that are winning the awards. Yeah, you're exactly right. We had to do this game where we were like, what won the best picture last year? I had to Google it. Oh, Coda, the movie on Apple TV about the deaf people. Maybe it's a good movie. But again, you're not going to draw anybody to watch that. Right. So what you guys had mentioned was that uh, there was no mention of Biden, which is, which is, I guess, a good thing. Uh, but they, of course, still had lines about Trump. I yeah. I found one, Bo and Yang of Saturday Night Live, what, had a joke where he basically said, uh, he made fun of like he was outraged at the raid on Mar-a-Lago. He was clearly kidding because you wouldn't be MAGA and on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. You know, <laughs> especially as somebody who's filling the quota of gay Asian male comedian, probably not a Trumper. No, probably it, not. I still laughed at it because it was absurd. That's the thing, Tim. You just ha the absurdity that we see right now. You just have to laugh at it because you, I just can't believe half the stuff that we read or see, and you just have to laugh. But you know, a lot of the left is not laughing. They think it's true. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 I just find you know one of the things that's always been important. We created the Culture and Media Institute quite a few years ago now, um, but just to sort of focus in on this sort of stuff. And and yeah, wokeness is everywhere. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's getting it, it, you can get pretty demoralized about it. Yeah. So I suppose the problem we have is that people are like they don't want to read our stuff because it's depressing. That's true. I know. I I I need to make a proportion or something of how many depressing pieces I write or read uh, versus the uplifting ones. And it, normally it is more depressing because it's like this is what our society has come to. Rather than look at how awesome you know this Christian new uh, movie is out and it's great or something like that. Instead, it's 
it's all these horrible things that are, you know. Yeah, I know there's us. a new movie out that Kirk Cameron's doing. Um, they had a big event at the Museum of the Bible recently down in D.C. Uh, but yeah, it's the same sort of thing. Now, that's sort of the opposite of shows that stream on Netflix, like you mm-hmm. know, Christian movies. Can you get those into theaters, or are you going to end up watching them on... Pure Flix or some or, yep. streaming. Yep. Yeah, Rumble. Yep, <laughs> yeah, Rumble. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, that's, that's sort of where we are. Um, but yes, it, this reminds me, I will mention our, our old friend Katie Yoder. Katie Yoder loved to write these inspirational pieces um and yeah it sort of stands out from what we're normally doing at newsbusters because we're yeah we're we're not very positive even the stories that make conservatives happy are like tucker owns nina totenberg you know yeah (laughs) it's still got a little bit of like uh sass yeah i mean it's it is hard i think in conservative land to to just say we loved this it was so uplifting Mm -hmm. yeah well like I wrote a piece yesterday and it was uh, or a couple days ago and it was like lefties praise abortion quote unquote rights. I'd never call them rights because I don't think you have a right to abort anything. But, you know, they just get so happy over these crazy things or same with the Dancing with the Stars thing. It's like the mainstream media is like celebrating this. But if we had somebody on there who was a Christian or a pastor or something, it would be like, wow, Dancing with the Stars is, you know, catering to the conservatives and you know you would see that well tucker carlson was on for one episode that was i mean has to be one of the be- worst dancing performances ever i wow. mean i think he spent most of his one dance in a chair uh, <laughs> uh no but uh and of course sean spicer was on for a couple of weeks uh-huh. and they were red hot furious about that yeah that's the thing and the one that was the most successful see you can tell i watched the show bristol palin mm-hmm. and I they were that. all upset that she lasted well into the competition and they were yeah. all like oh obviously the conservative nutbags are voting for this woman why you know exactly exactly <laughs> but but the second we say any objection to having a same-sex uh, couple dance partners um, or this tranny. Can I say tranny on here? You can. Okay, this tranny. <laughs> you know, the second we say any opposition, we're like, oh, you bigots, you racists, you fascists, like you hate everything, you homophobes. And I'm like, uh, literally, no, just don't want to see something fall out of his pants. Well, I think that this is the funny thing is, yes, they are, they are very much the sort of people who will say, if you oppose us, you're haters. Mm-hmm. You, th- you know, Kathy Griffin or whoever can say the most vicious stuff, and they're never. It's never yeah. hate speech. Hold a Trump head, decapitated. Yeah, it's it's never. They're never haters. It's never hate speech. And this is where, yeah, if you were able to go on with these things, I'm like, oh, okay. So you guys run around and saying you're for diversity and inclusion. Um, so what's an abortion? Is that an inclusion? And and uh, you know. How many black people are aborted every year? Is that mm-hmm. diversity? Right. So, I mean, you know, you you can't ask those questions. No. You'd probably get suspended on Twitter for starting to ask those Oh, yeah, questions. I do. I mean, I I will, on my personal page, I'll, you know, put stuff on Twitter or TikTok or something, and then, boom, instantly. I, I did one about a transgender guy trying to get into uh, the University of Alabama's sorority, and I just said, something like you've got to be kidding me and boom bullying harassment 
I'm a, I'm a bullier because I, I thought it was a joke. This is where we call it free speech America because, yeah, there's just certain things where you are allowed to say things that are vicious. Mm-hmm. I, that's not vicious just to say, really? Yeah. I didn't say, I didn't even quote unquote misgender him. He's a boy. You didn't use uh, you didn't use words like pervert, which they very much dislike. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and but that it doesn't matter. It's all in the matter of, but it sounded negative. Right, right. See, for me, it was the old thing in two thousand and eight when I was on Fox and I said that Rachel Maddow was a lesbian, which is accurate. Yeah. But they took me off the show for a year because it didn't sound positive. Oh my God. <laughs> Yes, you correctly diagnosed her as a lesbian, but you sounded disapproving. <laughs> Therefore, you're like yes, and. <laughs> <laughs> but so, yeah, even there, you know, so corporate media today, even the right wing corporate yeah. media, has a real sensitivity, mm-hmm. um, and that's just the the world we have to deal with. So this is why you come to Newsbusters, including on the culture war issues. Come over once, twice, twenty four times a day. Thanks for listening. <laughs>